Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 188, episode 2 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Tuesday, June 8th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Key Lime Pie in the middle of the night. Jack sneaking snacks without a light. Hunger's there like a blowtorch burning. This tangy treat sure could fill my little yearning. That is courtesy of Abstrusal, the official dickhead. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! Chuggy, 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 Jack O.B. Podcast your words to zeitnotize me. And I just love your gaming ways. Guess that's why you play Switch all damn day. <laughs> uh, shout out to Skipio for that one. Yeah. Uh, yes, the Chugi wave. We continue to surf it into the sunset. Mine was Runaway Train, by the way, by us. Uh, is that Skid Row? Okay. Yeah, 80s ballad about uh, about missing children. That oh, I, gosh. I was like, I'm allowed to like this because they're like a heavy metal band, and it was like the only <laughs> it was the only song I really liked by them. But yeah, shout out to Skid Row, Sebastian Buck, uh, Miles. Yeah, we are thrilled, fortunate to be joined by one of the greats, yeah. uh, one of the great TDZ guests of all time, one of the great. Uh, comedians out there doing it. You guys may know him from Bob's Burgers or the NFL Network. Uh, he can be heard every week co-hosting the hit podcast, Dumb People Town and Pen Pals. He is the hilarious, the talented, the kind, Mr. Daniel Van Kirk! Oh, Daniel! Hello! What's up, man? Long. Hi, friends. It has been Way too, too long. long. It's been over a year, right? Yeah. Yeah, slamming Malort on the stage in your hometown. You oh know? man, that I show. Mean, that's Rochelle, Illinois. But I did, I did become a whatever version of a man I am in Chicago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't mean to exactly. I don't mean to cast dispersions on your Dude, actual Joan hometown. Allen. Joan Allen, yeah. Rochelle, Illinois. She went on David Letterman. He said, "Where are you from?" She said, "Chicago." People in Rochelle have never let it go. Oh, oh, she got like just torched by the town be like how dare well, you well it's more passive because it's true midwest right. style but right 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 <laughs> so they saw yeah, her from chicago she's guess not. uh guess she's not from here anymore <laughs> <laughs> well that's weird i guess i'll guess i'll move her mail then and the thing is she then. is a she is a goddamn saint too she's amazing so uh i have no hate for it but i always want to rep rochelle whenever i can but yes chicago is also my city god that yeah. was that was a beautiful time I, yeah. I can't thank you guys enough for giving me... Like, I felt very lucky. It was like you guys and shows in Austin right before everything went away. So I had a good run of great memories right yeah. before we all went. Right so. there. I, right at I the was, end. I, I felt like Jack and I were like, man, baby, we can't stop. We're going to the top. <laughs> we can't be stopped. We did say that at the live show. Yeah, we did. Unreleased. But we uh, said nothing can stop us. We but, are gods. God's got nothing on us. Uh, we're going <laughs> to... We are unstoppable. No act of God, I think, Miles, you specifically said. Yeah. Derail and I this struck train. it from like all these contracts I was about to sign. I'm like, act of God, get it out of here. I'm blessed. Don't need that. And they're like, that would have uh, saved you. You're signing an act of God, yeah. bro. And I'm like, well, I am upside down on this tractor trailer I bought. I got your investment. force mayor right here, bro. <laughs> Ooh, good Paul. Yeah. <laughs> what you been up to? Uh, um, 
I was, I've kept as busy as I can uh, working on a show I'll be able to talk about soon. And then uh, isn't that a great thing you can always make up and yeah. say to feel yeah. relevant? <laughs> <laughs> and this uh, feature film uh, trilogy, actually, that should be dropping pretty soon. <laughs> can't really talk pretty about soon. it. Can't really <laughs> talk about it. And then when somebody ever says to you, what was that thing? You'd be like, oh, I went away. away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, that just went away when somebody says to you that. What was that thing? Like, still can't talk about it, but it went away. Felt I it, just felt think, it. did Jim Did Jim Cameron say I could mention? No, no, I can't. No, Jim. I actually shouldn't uh, say that. Jim was saying that I shouldn't say anything. Yeah, it was either him or Steven Spiel. <laughs> Stevie. So uh, working on that a lot, uh, but we're uh, about to wrap up work on that. And then, um, you know, the Sklar brothers and I just kept chugging along with Dumb People Town, did a lot of shows, and then... Rory Scoville and I with our Pen Pals podcast doing the yeah, same yeah. and I, I created shows and I haven't done stand-up since July but uh, that's about to change because I've been wow. working really hard on a tour and this Wednesday, that June 9th I will be announcing the tour uh, oh, that's amazing. live okay. on Instagram. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think at like 4pm our time that'd be 6 p.m rochelle illinois time how do you like how do you get your so, reps in as a stand-up when you're not you know hitting the stage and like you're about to do this like do you just feel like naturally you're you're always sharp because you're hosting and talking all the time or what how do you you know as an athlete as a performer i feel like that do? helps right like you guys yeah. have to know like just like how you guys are always informed and you can rattle off the names and the facts and you're probably the two of the best Without this show, you still would be, but two of the best cocktail party guests ever because you're like, oh, yeah, I know. I've heard about that. I know about that. I know about that. And then, like, yeah. he's lying. Like, no, he isn't. <laughs> he's a malignant narcissist. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, the thing was is, so I had a whole new hour ready to go. I ran it in July at a uh, digital show. And I was like, all right, I got it down. I'll save that. I recorded it. And then... Doing stand-up kind of felt like sugar-free ice cream. Like you're eating dessert, but stand-up digitally just didn't... It was just kind of like missing something. Mm -hmm. So I created these uh, Zoom shows that were smaller in nature purposely to kind of make it more of a hang. And I still do them and we will continue to do them. I do a monthly bingo night where it's just we give away prizes and people can win money. We also <laughs> and we so raise fun. money for no-kill animal shelters, big brothers, big sisters, and food banks. So if you win a bingo, one of those organizations in your area, you choose which one also gets a donation. Oh, that's so dope. Yeah, so we do that. And it's a great, you know, you can call bingo anywhere. Like, obviously, I'd love to do it in a hall in Texas. But like, right. you do it here. You can do it on this. Like, we're doing this digitally and it, it still works. And it's a lot of fun. And then I started like a pub trivia, like league trivia night that I do every month as well. And the to bring it back, the reasoning for this, to go back to what you asked, Jack, is I thought, well, stand-up is never going to feel like I'm really doing stand-up. But if I can create an environment where I'm right. sort of hosting it, but it's got so much room to kick around and breathe like in bingo and all this other stuff. <laughs> Inherently, hopefully, I'll still be funny right, and right. find bits and like interact with people and joke around. So I'll keep keep those tools moving, but it won't be writing down material and then testing it out because there really would be no, at least for the way I like, I, I'm a real in the room kind yeah, of guy, yeah. kind of comic. And so... uh I just was like, oh, how can I create stuff that'll still allow me to joke around and have that interaction and be funny and, and have a good time, but not try to make it something it can't be. Sure. So I did this. Yeah. And uh, I'll continue doing both of those shows at least through the end of the year. But I can't wait uh, on August 11th to start I'm the not, tour. I'm not worried about you. You're a pro. And the fact that you're even yeah, mindful yeah. of that, I think, you know, that's that already shows you're 
it's it's taking up space within your mind on how to you know give yourself the best possible outcome so thanks i learned it from yeah. you dad oh, come on <laughs> i learned now. it from I, watching you hey, i said for legal reasons don't say that shit about me <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I start paying uh, all right dan we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment okay. first we're gonna tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about uh we're gonna talk about that uh trump speech where uh, nobody really seemed to listen. Uh, even Fox News wasn't listening. The the big kind of outcome seems to be that people think he might have been wearing his pants backwards. I like that that's where we're at now. It's like he yeah. gave a speech and the thing was like, yo, were his pants on backwards? Not like, oh my God, he's continuing with like, he's doubling down on the election fraud, but we'll see. I mean, <laughs> Snopes came through with their chest out. I know. Like, no, he didn't have his pants on backwards, which I just don't know how you how you know that for sure. Because the zipper but, was visible. Can, oh, <laughs> the zipper was visible. Okay, yeah, right. just, yeah, it just was like a few images, like, you know, how the Internet does gets fixated. And because no one wants to talk about how horrific it is that he's speaking out loud again, it's like, his pants are on backwards, right? <laughs> I mean, we could probably go to Parlor right now if that still exists and see a lot of people being like, nobody complained when Criss Cross did it. See, when it's people of <laughs> right. color, it's okay Double and it's cool. Standard. But, yeah. You know, that's how these libs feel all the time. Right. Yeah, no, that was wild. Can we just admit, though, that if people can't tell if they're on front ones or backwards, it probably is uncomfortable regardless? Yeah. 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 I think it was a diaper situation is my guess is that is the, his pants looked strange because he had a diaper. Maybe on, he was married. Maybe he's stuffing, you know what I mean? To try and <laughs> act like he's, you know, he's big man or something. Right. Yo, but he did stuffing that all wrong. with like a book down the front of his pants. It's like, yo, that's not even how that's supposed to look, man. Yo, that's a throw pillow. That's a <laughs> yeah. neck roll for a trip. Oh, bloat fashion. You guys yeah. aren't into bloat fashion? <laughs> that's one of those old cowboy collars yeah. from the 80s football. <laughs> <laughs> uh we're gonna talk about joe manchin uh maybe we'll talk about bb netanyahu uh and how how he's just pulling from the old uh right wing playbook af after you lose an election uh we'll talk about jeff bozos there we go All right got him got, got his him ass. And how he's going to risk his life to go into space. And Miles, you gave me uh, an idea. I think I think we need to conduct a poll to let this man know how despised he is. I yeah. think that would really hurt his feelings. Uh, we'll talk about the Conjuring franchise, which is just continues to be a uh, force at the box office, and uh, why that might be problematic. All of that, plenty more. But first, Daniel, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? that is revealing about who you are. Okay. Well, it's, 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 it's my current state in life as well. A little bit of like what I'm going through. I don't know if you guys are hip to this or not, but recently as of like two days ago, but it's been ongoing before. And since then I searched tips for renting a car in Kauai. Uh huh. Are you guys familiar with what's happening in yeah. this country and specifically Hawaii, in Hawaii right now? Yeah, that there's just a oh no rental cars, rental right? cars. There's no cars. There's yeah. no cars. So you like have to rent a U-Haul, right? For example, I during uh, a year ago almost, almost I think exactly a year ago, pretty much, I rented a truck, drove to Rochelle, Illinois, picked up my pinball machine that I had sold to have money to move to LA and was able to buy back from the person I sold it to. Wow. And I, oh, I love drove it back out here and I rented f F-150, you know, unlimited miles for like, I think 12 days. I think it cost me $160, right? Wow. That gives you, that's where we were at. Obviously right. that was pandemic pricing, but in a normal year, I bet that would have cost me like maybe 400. Mm -hmm. So 
And I rent cars a lot for being on the road and stuff. So I'm versed. Yes. Car rentals, if you can find one in Kauai, are going for about $750 a day. A day. A day. So, guys, here's the thing. They don't have cars anymore. There's no cars. <laughs> yeah, I'm not joking. They just don't have Every right. single car rental place of every size and make of car is gone. So now everything's gone to Turo, but there is nothing on Turo. You can find cars for like $150, $200 a day, which is a good deal. And it's like a 2012 Scion XB. It's right. like a it's like a 2008 Saturn. And I'm not joking. Right. And you're going to spend, if you're going, you know, usually go to Hawaii for at least five days, you're going to spend close to like a grand. Now, there are almost no cars left on Turo. So the next place you have to go, if you haven't gone the U-Haul route, which some people have gone, right. is Craigslist. And this cottage industry has been created with people just renting their cars. And you see everybody from being like, hey, here's my, Cor- my 08 Corolla. If you want to rent it, call me. To other people who have said, here's the, in the ad, Craigslist ad, it'll be like, here's a link to our Google Doc. You fill out the reservation form. These are just people. Wow. Like, like just cap, yeah, cashing in. Makes because sense. in the, you know, so much of that economy relies on like tourism. A yeah. lot of just people who worked in the restaurant just like took a big hit. So this has kind of become in a good way. I, I actually feel like like a windfall for them to be able to like yeah. make some money back just on like their own cars that they have. But I, I've gone so far. I am not a wealthy man. But when you look at renting like a $1,200 for seven days in Kauai, I looked on Craigslist guys and I was like, do I just buy a $1,700 car? <laughs> and then I sell it to somebody else coming to Kauai or right. I give it to, I like work out a deal with somebody who's running one of these things and say like, Hey, I'll just trust you. You, I'll leave the car here. You rent it out and then give me some sort of money off right. or, or, or whatever. Or at this point you could be like, yo dude, I'll pay your car payment for a month. Yes. Right. You just give it to me for like two weeks because that's not even going to match what the rental rate is. And I know for you, your calculus is that car payment. Right. So why don't I take care of that? Yes. And you can dude. have it most of the month, actually. Dude. So quick, real quick story. I know we got a ton to get to today. So I go out <laughs> to lunch with a friend of mine and we're hanging out. Didn't even dawn on me until we're sitting there. I go, oh my God, you have family in Kauai. And he goes, yeah, I'm from there. I was like, I totally forgot. I go... What I'm about to tell you sounds crazy. And he had not heard any of it, anything I just told you guys. He goes, let me call my family. I go, if they'd let me rent one of their cars, if they even have one, but I guarantee you, they already know about this. The island's so right. small and it's all over every island in Hawaii. I go, they already know about this. They might already be doing it. Or if they have an extra car, I would rather pay them. He goes, let me call my uncle. I mean, I don't know. He's not too like tech savvy. I bet he, he doesn't really... We'll see, right? We leave lunch. 10 minutes later, he calls me up and he goes... So I just talked to my uncle. His car's rented the first three days you're going to be there. He already was on this. <laughs> he goes, right. he said, uh, he said his uncle told him, yeah, he didn't know anything about it, but his neighbor approached him, told him about it, and his neighbor's running everything. And then they just split some of the right. money. But everyone on the islands is doing this. So my yeah. current search history is renting a car. Yo, in Kauai. I know there's Zeitgang in Hawaii because y'all came through for me when I was out there uh, like a year ago. Look, if you got the, you know, you got the lifted Yoda, bro, uh, on the low for my man DVK, hit us up. Yeah. Please, Jay, dude, I'm, I am desperate. You done, hey, you done to ride in a Yoda, bro? Yeah, for sure, <laughs> man. They're going to be, hey, who's that hole in the Yoda? 
<laughs> Wait, what's a Yoda? Toyota. Uh, a Toyota. Oh, Yoda, Yoda. Because I'd be on I'd be on Hawaii TikTok too. You know, and I see I've, how I've they, been on it too. I, I love that. When they start oh, talking about God. their Yodas, I'm like, yeah. I love, I love the vernacular, <laughs> the slang you get from regional yeah. TikTok. If somebody out there is, is a, a good person, be nice to me and wants to throw me some tips, I am open to any right. and all possibilities. It's a free-for-all. But also I want, you know, I'm I'm happy to take care of somebody. Otherwise, what? Me. You just use Uber, right? Yeah, that's but then <laughs> that's a whole on Kauai, yeah. it's so remote. Yeah, that it's exactly. Like, yeah, I looked. I was like, yeah. what if I went from this place to this place? Because I'm obviously uh, buried the lead. I'm planning on going to Kauai later this summer. Oh, wow. And, okay. Yeah. And so um, I was like, what if I went from there? And it was like $60. <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, all like, right. At that point, if I go round trip, that's 120 I can only go to those two spots. Maybe I do rent a car for $150 right. a day. That's like an old... I don't know. You go. So <laughs> I love a good cottage industry, man. That, I, hey. That's that's the best yeah. the best that capitalism has to offer is just mm-hmm. like spontaneity, hustling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I'm yeah. all as I'm saying with you, Jack, I'm all for it. I'm like, hey, yeah. I gotta assume I'm trying to do right by people. So there's gotta be people out there that would try to do right by me. Let's all help each other and everybody. Yeah. As wins. long as you're not being Back like, yeah, the, three yeah. grand a right. day. Oh, you're course. like, okay, uh, yeah. well, come on now. Let's Back go. in the day, though, that's like the way that people got rich in California. Like the reason Stanford University exists is because somebody came out here and just started selling people like shovels and shit. Yeah. Like, yep. It's just like that's who made the most money. Yeah. yeah. And now, I mean, that you would be like stumped by some big capitalist force, <laughs> like sure. big hurts would just like destroy you. But back in the day, that's how capitalism worked and mm-hmm. why it worked. Yep. Yeah, that's dope. What is something that you think is overrated? I'm probably late on this, especially with you guys, because you're hitting everything every day. But, and I'm going to say it, full disclosure, without even seeing it, I think the Friends Reunion's overrated. <laughs> Not even seeing it. Sight unseen. Yep. But here's That's... why. I read, I, I, I would assume our friends uh, and yours, Dave Holmes's article in Esquire about the Friends Reunion. And it kind of gave me everything I needed to know that it, like Matthew Perry seems to be going through some stuff. I saw a TikTok where they he there's a part where Lisa Kudrow is like, well, we talk to each other like every day. There's not a day that goes by that one of us doesn't talk to the other one. And then Matthew Perry says, I don't hear from anybody. <laughs> yeah. And I guess there's a ton of laugh, but somebody did a TikTok. I could send it to you guys where they take out the laugh and it's not edited. There's just right. no laughter from the audience. And then you can kind of see the inter- the inter- right. interactions of just right. them. And it feels sad and I, I don't look at it as a like so to me i'm like look if that if that brings you joy i'm not here to take away anybody's joy if friends brings you joy and you want to and you want to live in central perk i don't go for it but i think for me I, and i love friends i still love friends the show but i, yeah, I think yeah. i was just like ah, i think it's a little maybe not what i would have wanted out of it or maybe not hitting some of the notes right. that it's trying to ignore so i i saw like the tail end of the friends one Mm-hmm. And then I watched the Fresh Prince one immediately after it. And then, yeah. you know, my partner, her match, she was like, I didn't see the opening of the Friends one. She's like, this is the exact same opening of the Friends one. Really? I was like, they did the same thing they're doing. Because the Fresh Prince one starts off with like Will coming back to the set, you know, because he, yeah, yeah, he yeah. blitz the light, you know, yeah, iconic yeah, moment. Yeah. And yeah. leaves the empty set. It's Will wandering back onto the set 
and it's dark and he's about to flick the light and then like all these like memories flash and it's like really well cut Whoa. especially if you're a fan of the show I'm like I'm ready for this yeah. and they do it and it's like wonderful and she's like that was the friends one I was like god damn okay so it's even <laughs> derivative of this one and I, we talked about it came out it, it didn't get there wasn't much fanfare around the Mm-mm. Fresh Prince one um, not this much I think an appropriate no. amount of fanfare for a what is we, when we talked about it last week we were saying it's just like a a TV, it would be like a one night TV special that would have like kind of come and gone back in the day. Right. Yeah. But now, I don't know, because Friends has this like second life on streaming, people were treating it like an iconic uh, moment, a, mm-hmm. bit, a big event. But yeah, I mean, like the, the Fresh Prince thing is like, I am like vaguely intrigued, but haven't made the time to watch it yet. But if you're like, a fan of the show, it definitely like will make delivers. you you'll feel and then yeah, they even have the original aunt live Aunt viv come back and they right. her and will kind of have a bit of a reckoning although he doesn't really apologize apologize like there is an honest conversation around oh, it so really? at least there's that yeah do they play the uncle phil scene the greatest one when when they got arrested for like driving his car i can't remember what it was remember Oh, when Carlton's like, yes, officer. And he thinks like the cops yeah, are going to yeah, fuck yeah. with them. And yeah, they, they, they touch on that. Yeah. And they also talk about like the woman's like, then why doesn't he want me? You know that yeah, there's a yeah. lot. And like they have a whole, real, they give a lot of time to James Avery and like everyone okay, really good. talking about how influential he was to every single person mm-hmm. and just how much of a thespian he was and like mm-hmm. how everyone like wanted to be on their shit because of him. Anyway, if you like the show, I would definitely, it's worth checking out. It's properly rated. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. As Super Producer Anna Hosey is saying, now that's acting. There's like this moment where <laughs> yeah. Will Smith is talking about that moment with his like dad abandonment monologue thing. Yeah, that he I does. that scene too. And he's like, I'm right here, Will. You give it to, like, and Will's describing this like interaction. And mm-hmm. it's like, you realize like, damn, that like you really felt it. But on the other side of that was an actor who was really trying to get Will Smith to like break through mm-hmm. emotionally as a performer. And as, you know, semi-goofy as it was, but the heart that was in it, you're like, damn, this is this is kind of why you watch these specials, because you can see, like, the gravity on everyone's face of, like, realizing how important he was. So, yeah. Yeah. Damn. That's awesome. Now, I want to watch both specials. So, if that's your overrated, I can't wait to see what your underrated <laughs> is. <laughs> My underrated. And I might be so late to this that I think I've found it. I call it the Christopher Columbus rule. But like, (laughs) but like, I feel like a major thing that's underrated, like I've told so many people about it and I'm like, come on, is Invincible. Have you guys watched it? Invincible. Was that? It's the animated show from Robert Kirkman on Amazon about superheroes. And trust me, the feeling is, do I really need another superhero show? And right. And do I need one that maybe kind of looks like it's going to be like The Boys, which is a live action show already on Amazon about superheroes? Mm-hmm. It's uh, handily one of the best things I've seen this year. It wow. is it is so High far praise. beyond a superhero show. And I'm talking about performance and cast. Uh, I guess I said performance, but the acting in it, the storylines, the turns, the re- really the relationships between the characters it's unreal and and throw a dart at, at like it, it, you'll hit an actor that you love that's in this show it's so okay. so less. good 
if I can implore you to not know anything more about it than what I've just said and just watch the first episode. I'm yeah, just reading this cast list. I'm yeah, I like it. I will say this just because I want to give this disclaimer, but I don't want to say too much. Just understand I did give a little bit to our, our, our faithful listeners. It is superhero. So there is violence and sure. there might be more than you would think you're going to get, but maybe that doesn't people that doesn't register for some people, but I just want to have said that. So cartoon violence seems to be like, there's just different rules for it. Like Rick sure. and Morty is so fucking violent and right. like people are right. just like, yeah. So, yeah. but if, if, if you can and you want, and you got 42 minutes to kill, that's everything too. I will say that it's not a half hour animated show. It's a, it's a full hour animated show. Wow. The, yeah. These, I mean, I'm just Steven Yun, JK Simmons, Sandra mm-hmm. Oh, Mark mm-hmm. Hamill, Manzukis, Seth Rogen, Walton Goggins, mm-hmm. Michael Dorn, fucking mm-hmm. Worf from mm-hmm. Star Trek, Reginald Val Johnson. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to Family what? Matters Town, Jaiman Hansu. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Mae Whitman, if you remember mm-hmm. her as Mayoneg from uh, Arrested <laughs> Development. Wow, okay. You're still with her? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Amazon Prime is the University of Kentucky basketball of streaming content <laughs> in that they... <laughs> Have so much great content that you just like never find out about it until like after like years after it's been after it's no longer new. Like the way that right. uh, University of Kentucky is the only place that was able to uh, hold Devin Booker to under 20 <laughs> points a game. Yeah, Amazon Prime has so much good shit, man. If you trust me enough, just watch the pilot and then and I want. At least the two of you or Anna or any Justin, if you watch as well, just message me, please. Yeah. And let okay. me know what you thought. Even if you're like, not for me. I would just love to know what you thought. See, look, Justin, Justin, seen it and love it. Yeah. I'll put that down. Have you seen Patriot, Daniel? Yes. On, I've started uh, it. Amazon Prime? No, I, I started it. I'm like three episodes in. I really like okay. it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's so absurd. Going, but yeah, it gets, but it yeah, gets you, you start getting invested in it, especially when he's like, I had to learn everything that was about drilling or whatever and all this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like yeah, he's just trying to bullshit his way through being in this company, yeah. but he's kind of a, like a shithead too. And like its depiction of the CIA is just like hapless and stupid is like the yeah. first realistic depiction of the CIA. And it's yeah. like, oh, my fucking dad's my boss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to murder so a guy for a hit. But yeah, I mean, anything on Amazon Prime, like if you hear good things about it, go check it out because it's probably criminally underrated. Agreed. All right, let's take a quick break and we will be right back. And we're back. And all right, so the former president next Republican presidential candidate gave a speech wow. and I continue to be surprised by how little of a shit people give about everything this dude says at this point. Like even like you, you have all these people who are supposedly like ride or die for him. They're like re- ready to, you know, nominate him right now for the next mm-hmm. Republican nomination. Some people were willing to put their lives on the line for him uh, at the end of his last run and now he just no nobody gives a shit yeah it's it's i'm I'm not sure i'm curious to see what 
if it's like a perception thing where obviously the politicians know like they need him because they believe he's their key to reelection and yep. to the base. Right. But then like the base is also kind like there's still there's still MAGA gang out there strong and healthy. But there's definitely a group of people who aren't as engaged who may have voted for Trump as well. And, you know, the last time he spoke was in February and no one cared except for the people like at CPAC. And right. it got a little bit of coverage because it was, you know, the first time he was speaking in public since being, you know, ousted from the White House and the, you know, insurrection, all that. But then, yeah, he spoke in at the North Carolina Republican State Convention. And notably, Fox News ran like a, a pre-taped segment of like Jesse Waters show rather what, than doing any coverage. What on do you it. think that's about? I mean, that's that's the thing that's interesting. Because like, do you think like, they CNN wish they didn't... could not be associated with him, even though that he makes them millions and millions of dollars? I think that's what's weird. So Newsmax and OAN are the two conservative, you know, hyper you know, like, Newsmax conservative, is such a liar. Just nightmare channels that were running the full speech uninterrupted. MSNBC was like it was quite literally on in the background, like on mute, where mm -hmm. the pundits were just like slamming the event. And CNN didn't air it at all. But yeah, with Fox, it's interesting to see like what they clearly have some kind of calculus in mind. I'm not sure what it is, whether they feel that's their ability to begin to steer the party away from him by not by covering him less. But right. it's funny, by the next day, he was on Fox Business Channel where like the host just let him say whatever he wanted, didn't challenge a single thing he said. So he can he, he can pick his spots, apparently. I wonder if they know that it's not a good look to like him out of power and kind of still making up lies about the election and like kind of bitter about his loss. Like they just kind of they're doing the same thing that they were doing when he was in office, which is like being the best propaganda wing that they possibly can for his administration. And now they recognize like people's appetite for people who aren't in power isn't as strong. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah. so you're, you're not going to do him or yourself any favors by trying to cram that down their throat when he doesn't have anything new to say and it's not like about right. the next election um, would be my best guess as to what's going on because I they didn't suddenly find religion, you know, like they didn't right, right. or find reality, I guess would be a better way of saying that. Yeah. And despite all the like, you know, sets of lies or the same old hits of the, the election was still in type things he was doing in North Carolina, like it just... It, no one cared because everyone was focused on his pants. Like the thing I saw more than even that he spoke was like, yo, he's got his pants on backwards. <laughs> and that's all people were fixated on. And yeah, I sure. Great. He, he didn't. It, it's, it looks very like when Trump, like that's how his clothes sit. He has no, his, his clothes fit ill-fitting clothing. Do you yeah. try and go without pleats? Maybe is that what like was surprising people? I don't know. It's just, it's just, but it's just, it, that's the state of affairs where we don't care what he's saying anymore. Let's just look at his crotch and be like, huh? Um, and that's about as much attention he's getting, like from, you know, the internet punditry <laughs> class. But it's just a, it's just an interesting evolution for him now, especially as, you know, on the face, on the back of that Facebook two year ban, too, that he's facing. It's like, okay, I guess this is what he's got to work with at the moment. Yeah, it just felt good to have so many people not care. <laughs> not give a yeah. shit. Yeah, it does feel good. And I I am very, uh, you know, skeptical about that, like about their reasoning for that. 
Like I know that there was an article about uh, over the weekend about a conservative talk radio person who suddenly shifted and went from like a stop the steal focus on the recount in Arizona mm-hmm. thing to let's not even push this recount and forward why? because well I think first of all probably realize that it's not they're they're not going to find anything and I think they yeah I think they're just thinking like bigger picture like that this is not a good precedent to set for electoral politics like everything that he's doing and we're about to talk about Bibi Netanyahu like it's that whole movement like the Republican and right-wing conservative movement is all anti-democratic now and Mm -hmm. in and they're trying to pull this off in places that have a lot of protections in place to you know not enough protections in place but still you know you're kind of fighting a losing battle if you're claiming to be democratic and then trying to just fucking spike the game board and knock all the pieces off but uh real quick let's talk about joe manchin uh, yeah because he can just shut the hell up as far as i'm concerned uh he's (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, he's just made it clear he's not going to be voting for the For the People Act right. because I guess he has no interest in protecting whatever form of democracy this is here. And he wrote an op-ed. He's like, why I won't be voting for it? And it's just like, it's just all nonsense. You know, he says, quote, we are now witnessing the fundamental right to vote has itself become overtly politicized. What? Yeah, by Republicans. Today's right. debate what? about how to best protect our right to vote and to hold elections, however, is not about finding common ground, but seeking partisan advantage. Yes, partisan. Um, right. Because everyone gets to vote. But the voter suppression that the Republicans are engaged in, that is hyper partisan because their whole aim is to prevent people of the other. That's fine, Joe Manchin. You continue on with your nonsense rant. And then he also sort of goes on. He's like, if it's like so good, how come no Republicans voted for it? <laughs> Are you fucking serious? Uh huh. What the fuck? It's just so. I mean, look, he's either he's probably an idiot and disingenuous. So I don't know oh, which boy. way to look at it. But his whole thing is like that's, uh, of course, no Republicans support it. They are actively suppressing the vote to skew the outcomes in their favor. Mm-hmm. So it does not behoove them to participate in a free and fair election. And he even sort of like indicates on some level it is like yeah, because you know like if more people vote like they'll vote Democrat. And like, you know, you'd, you'd think that they'll need a, a, a seat at the table to figure out how that works. Like, well, that's because their platform and their ideology is absolutely repulsive to many people. That's why. Not because right. you can mail in vote. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And yes, all that to say is that he will continue to work for everyone to, quote, seek bipartisan compromise no matter how difficult. Right. And. You just, along with him and Kirsten Sinema, you just want to say, there's no such thing anymore. You have a group that is actively engaged in destroying any kind of free and fair election. And to keep doing this thing of like, well, we should do things democratically or else then no one's doing democracy. It completely fails to see the point that these people are going out of the bounds to to be able to reach their goals and to act like you have to, the only way to counter that is by seeing the flaws in the system as it is, there's no way anyone can win. So good luck, Joe Manchin. Uh, But I hope, you know, this. we'll see what kind of pressure can be put on, especially him in cinema. But Can I ask you guys a broad question? Yeah. And forgive me if you've talked about it a hundred times. Do you think we're likely 
to actually see a party split on the Republican side? Or will they just forsake, like, what's his name in Illinois? Kessinger? The senator? Kinsinger. Kinsinger, yeah. Yeah. Will they just forsake him and what they feel is the small minority of Republican voters and just be like, no, this is what we are now. And then those people will just like break off. Like I have people in my family. I asked them last week. I asked one of them very specifically. They voted for Trump in 2016. They voted for Biden in 2020. They're a lifelong Republican. And I said, currently, as things are right now, and this was right after like the, we don't want to investigate January 6th vote. I go, are you a Republican? And they said to me, I've known this person my whole life. They go, no, I don't know what I am because I'm not a Democrat, but then my party is like doing things that are just the opposite of just rational thought or like, Mm -hmm. they're just not even, you know, and so these are lost. And I said, and I'm not speaking for everybody, but I said to them, I go, the problem is they're not talking to you anymore. From like 1980 to like 2012, 2014, they specifically talked to Christians and they were like, we're going to be your party. And that's how they got this voter, my family member that I was speaking to. And then with the Trump onslaught, it became speaking to angry people and they benefited because a lot of quote unquote Christians also were pretty angry. So they fell into that bucket anyway. Mm -hmm. But if you weren't like a blind, angry race or and or racist person, just a like Christian who voted Republican, no one's talking to you. They don't, they're done with you. They've done the math and they said there's way more angry people that also happen to be Christian. And so I just wonder like what happens to this column of Republican that's like, like guys, when you say something like how good can it be? No Republican vote for it. Well, like it's, that doesn't make it good. Like, yeah. Yeah. That right. doesn't make sense. Like, do you think actual- we'll see a split off there or they'll just forsake this this six million to ten million people who helped decide this vote Honestly, who are like, oh yeah. I think it'll boil down to money. And there's a there are capitalists who give their money to Republicans because they know in the end of the day it's about it's more in service of their industry or business. Mm-hmm. And I feel like those are gonna be the people behind the scenes pressuring people like through donors to be like we can't be with this anymore. This doesn't mm-hmm. work. Can mm-hmm. we do something different? But then splitting that vote is a just a gigantic threat to their their dominance or just perceived dominance or their ability to win elections if their party split. So I think both sides are honestly looking at that, too, because there's many progressives who are like, what are we? What's Joe Biden doing? Right. Like, what is he? He's not. Well, when, I remember when Chuck Schumer was like, if Amy Coney Barrett is if she's pushed through in her confirmation, he said, everything's on the table in 2021. Right. That was the pump fake of the fucking decade right there. Because this, right. th- this man ain't doing shit. So I and I see plenty of people, too, are upset saying we're looking at existential threats for people who are, you know, trans, for people who just want agency over their reproductive mm-hmm. rights and things like that. Where is that fight? Because it ain't there. And then so that leaves a group of people bewildered on the left, too. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's a very I I, I don't think either party wants to, that to happen. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Eventually, if the situation will be untenable enough where they're like, yep, that's what we have to do. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Yeah. I think it, there's more and more uh, appetite for non mainstream. Like, I think, yeah, like Miles said, both on the left and the right. But it it would have to take like a very 
extreme confluence of circumstances, I think, for the for the party to actually split because it would be somewhat suicidal, I think, for that group of people since because yeah. of the way American politics is set up that uh, yeah. okay. it's such a two-party system. Mm-hmm. Right. But hey, that would be great. I would love nothing more if a significant amount of voters could say, oh, we'll blow up your party plans on election day if you don't start right. doing what we want. Yeah. And um, I mean, look at all the power that uh, Bernie Sanders was able to have being like not really any party and just yeah. like saying what Agreed. he meant. And he's pushed the entire movement leftward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it, we but I think this frustration on either side is both parties take their base for granted and just yes. know like, oh, if yeah. we say these three things every day. Right. They'll right. know yep. that it's we're the party that they think we are. And that's mm-hmm. all we need to do for now. Yeah. It's, totally. just, it's getting tired. <laughs> well, kind of taking this whole thing that we're talking about international uh, BB Netanyahu. You know, it seems like this has been a year and a half long story where you have to be paying very close attention to understand, like, why it's taking so long because he, like, lost an election a year ago, uh, then lost another election, like, right after that. And he keeps, like, having bad electoral results. Finally, there was a coalition of other leaders that came together to form a government that would remove him from power. And he has we we know this is actually a serious change to uh business as usual because he has just taken a page from the trump playbook and had a temper tantrum i'll, I'll just read from this reuters article prime minister benjamin netanyahu said on sunday a newly formed israeli coalition that is poised to unseat him was the result of quote the greatest election fraud in the history of democracy oh boy like just could it like Trump could have been writing his <laughs> speech for him. But yeah, I mean, they all have like when Bolsonaro loses, if they're able to like hold a free and fair election, he'll say the exact same shit. It's just, yeah, the entire conservative movement has become a anti-democratic, like pro authoritarian movement. And his whole claim that like, this is a fraud is that, the one of the right wing leaders who's like part of this coalition, like broke a campaign promise. And he's yeah. like, that's a f- that did it. Yeah, that's a fraud. That's like that's just politics. Every, but, they've all just become that fucking kid. Yep. That you played tag with that swore they weren't touched. And everybody knows they got touched. I'm holding your shirt right now. Right. Like, right, no, right. no, no, no. You, know, you didn't get me. You didn't get me. You didn't get Dude, me. I, I felt got- it. Are right. you fucking serious? Uh, phantom, <laughs> phantom, phantom sensations. Probably. And the great thing was, in our day, everybody just eventually would stop playing with that kid. Yep. But, like, I'd love for us to get back to that. We're like, no, you got it. You got hit with the Nerf gun. Like, the yeah. little foam we dart saw, got you. Yeah, we saw it ricochet saw off it. your body. Right. Yeah. It wasn't wind, asshole. <laughs> and I don't care if these are your toys we're playing with. That doesn't mean you can right. cheat. Right. A hit is a hit. And I mean, even now, like you look at Naftali Bennett, who's, you know, you know, could be the next prime minister. He ain't he's he's not better than Benjamin. Knight. This dude used to run. He used to be the leader of a settlement movement. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's a wild time right there, too. And especially now you're seeing more and more arrests happening. Palestinian people. It's I'm God, I I just pray that <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is I'm curious to see what our leaders do on this side of the equation right. because there is influence and you know uh that can be exerted uh over certain policies but yeah it's just a 
Oof. So there's there's a lot of uh, coverage of um, this that mentions the possibility of uh, political violence being threatened by the right, which, like, that's not a small thing in Israel. Like, a right-wing extremist no. murdered yeah. the most popular prime minister of Israel, like, assassinated him while he was in office, uh, Yitzhak Rabin, in 1995 for signing the Oslo Accord. And, like, this is... <laughs> and this was somebody whose politics are like line up with Bibi Netanyahu. Like it's it's truly, I don't know, just another example of how the right is allowed to use violence and the left does not. Like if the left arms themselves in uh, self-defense, they're seen as like radical extremists. And if the right assassinated a political opponent, they then got their guy into power. Well, yeah, I think that's the benefit of perception that the conservative movements benefit from, which is that they're conserving what exists. Right. And that's mm -hmm. a known quantity. Right. Progressives yeah, yeah, represent something that is new and yeah. growth, which yeah. inherently is unknown and leads to discomfort because growth, you know, means change. But it's and I a think lack. Yeah. Because lack of, of imagination yeah. for what all the bad shit that uh, people who are quote unquote conserving things will actually do with their power. Right. So, yeah, yeah it's it, I think until people can, you know, sort of abandon what these things mean, just to look on its surface, like is, are what they talking about? Does that include people or exclude people? Right. Because right. I like things that include Agreed. everybody. Yeah. If if you're talking exclusion at any level. I mean, aside from like laws or things like that, where you're trying to define what is something that is an offense or whatever. But like if your policies to help are about including everyone rather than singling people out or excluding mm -hmm. or whatever, mm -hmm. I think we have to move towards that. Are we opening our arms for like a bigger, you know, hug of society to bring more people in under the mm -hmm. safety net of like what our our systems can offer? Or are we trying to push people out? And I think fundamentally, if people can't start seeing it for that, then we're just going to get caught into this, you know. The cliches of being like, it's progressives or it's conservatives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, let's take a, another quick break and we'll be back to talk about Jeff Bezos. And we're back. Did you guys see the SNL hosted by Jeff Bezos over the weekend? That was pretty. Um, <laughs> no. Like, what's stopping that from happening, really? His desire? Yeah. He would, be, as long as, what once he's up to his uh, desired, like, muscle uh, mass, he'll, he'll throw his hat in the ring. <laughs> he tells his year. manager, he's like, I'm not ripped enough yet to go on SNL. <laughs> I'm like, six more weeks. <laughs> uh, anyways, Jeff Bezos uh, dropped a video in which he explained that he is going to ride to outer space on the first human space flight of his like fake NASA company with his Blue brother. Origin. Blue yeah. Origin, baby. That's his brother's name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was named by uh, Elon Musk. Elon Musk had the naming rights. Yeah, his brother Trent. Is that I mean, true? No, no, it's by his brother's <laughs> name, Mark. <laughs> Dude, Trent Bezos. Trent Bezos. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yes, this is his announcement video to say, hey, I'm doing this. And it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know why he chose to put this out, but this is what happens when you're a billionaire and you can do all kinds of cool cowboy cosplay. You see the earth from space, it changes you. It changes your relationship with this planet, with humanity. It's one Earth. 
I want to go on this flight because it's a thing I've wanted to do all my life. It's an adventure. It's a big deal for me. I invited my brother to come on this first flight because we're closest friends. I really want you to come with me. Would you? Are you serious? I am. I think it would be meaningful. Have hey, my brother camera there. Crew there. I wasn't for... even expecting him to say that. Already. Like, you're like, am I supposed to, like, pretend to think of, like, oh, Jeff Bezos gets to do the thing he wanted to do to a little boy mm-hmm. and be with his brother? I don't like it. Sounded like he was drunk right there when he asked his brother I to go along. Just want you to go on. Dude, you serious? <laughs> yeah, dude. Give me a hug, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just let's just keep shooting later. <laughs> dude, you know what you do, dude. You know what you yeah. do. You go to space. Fuck you know yeah. Do, Are dude. you serious right now? I'm, dude. I was. I thought about. It. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought it before I started this beer. Like, I thought about it yesterday. I just, yeah, it just gave me the strength to tell you my dream right now. Right, like, alcohol is, you don't make things up. Like, you say what's in your heart. Yeah. Like, like, that's all I'm doing right now. Like, I'll admit, like, alcohol is making me say it. Um, But I want to go to space with you. Uh Oh, I thought you were going to finally say you loved me and you were sorry for all the things that happened in our past. Dude, I love space. (laughs) Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, the video goes on where his brother is talking about it's like a great experience and like it it's trying to I don't know, it it's haunting this because is comical. It's, yeah, it's like an attempt to humanize if you're Jeff Bezos, uh-huh. There's a lot of ways we go after that sentence, but wouldn't you feel like billionaire, probably future first trillionaire, it's hack of me to go to space. Like yeah. every dystopian Utopian, uto dystopian, brutopian, comic bond. It's all that the guy w- wanted to go to space. If they all want to go, because they feel like they've conquered this world, right? But now they want to go to space. I would just be like, I can't. If I, I would be like, first of all, here, let's fix poverty. Then I would be like, hey, uh, I can't go to space. That's hack. I can't go to space. Yeah. It's hack. But I can right? afford it. Isn't it kind of hack to do it? Yeah. That's why I my first instinct was like, this is the inciting incident for a hilarious comedy about yes. Earth's richest man blasting his little arrogant ass up into space and never coming back. And everyone's like, what do we do with his billions? There's a mix up with some like janitor at the, at the place where they shoot it off and his brother and somehow the janitor ends up in his brother's suit in the rocket and they don't find out until they take off and right. then he's now he's they're trapped in this like capsule together trying to make their way back oh so yours months. is a buddy comedy where jeff like they're they're working stuff out in space mine is he's he's tragically lost in space and then some other guy ends up being the beneficiary of his fortune like a king ralph type situation Look, i've been trying to work on fear in my life and fear-based mm-hmm. decisions and and things like that but like if I was also, if again, if I'm Jeff Bezos, I was like, I can't, this would be how I die. Like it's, I've worked it all life so well into my favor that if I go into space, I'm going to blow up like that. Can't, <laughs> I just wouldn't risk it. Like I'd be like, no, yeah. this is, yeah. cause of course that's how I go. The, like my own Midas touch. I would, right. I would kill right. by my own yeah. like, ability to do too many things. Yeah, exactly.
It's, there's the more the upsetting, and I don't wish it on him. I don't, but. Aside from his like city slickers cosplay that right. he's doing, he should say thing. that he's wearing a cowboy hat. And, and like I get he's a, from New Mexico, like the yeah, sure, aviators. Fine. There's just something like a little too like folksy about it. But on t- the thing that upsets me even more is he sounds like a guy who doesn't realize he's one of the most hated fucking people on the planet, and that eats me up inside. But I think this is an opportunity. I think this is this is the first time that I've fully seen that he wants to be liked by people or that that right. matters to him, that he wants us to think what he's doing is cool. Somebody needs to immediately conduct a poll that tells him, A, that he's despised, right? Like, we yeah. need to mean girl this motherfucker into ending world hunger. And then, yeah, like a follow up, like what what would make you like him more? Oh, ending world hunger, ending poverty. OK, giving like two thirds of his fortune away. Isn't that yeah. Wild. You guys ever, I thought about that, too. I feel like I'm, we might have talked about this at some point in the past couple of years. Like you could be like a literal superhero, like Batman. If Bruce Wayne was the bat, like. If, if Batman was just Bruce Wayne doing like right. great things, like you, you could do it all. Yeah, like, right. You could, you really could. Right. I, I literally think we talked about this in studio once and we said like every goddamn state would have every high school named after you if you right. wanted to just help out. Like, yeah. it would, you could potentially, you, you could like replace Jesus Christ as a Messiah figure for people. They're like, for, for it wasn't people, until Jeff guy Bezos already did. Yeah, paid for everything. <laughs> I I have we have no medical bills anymore. My my children be educated. I'll have a living wage. All, remember, all hail guys, Bezos. Remember that episode of last week tonight where they bought medical debt and then forgave it on the right. air? And right. people people by association, just the idea of John Oliver and his producers and HBO, like just the idea of people doing that for people that wasn't even the ones who had their debt forgiven. Just the idea that he had done that for people like uh, Americans lost their shit being like, could you imagine? Like, it's amazing that they bought that debt and then just forgave it. That wasn't Dude, even, they didn't even benefit yeah. them watching it or being in the studio audience. This he motherfucker could, could happy Honda days, the universe, like, the universe, right? <laughs> the entire, I'll listen to those radio commercials. Ad nausea. Yeah, yeah, bro. Hey, I'm Jeff Bezos. You know, I, I kind of messed up a little bit in the beginning, but I'm here to make things right. You, know, is- you guys are getting a new school, not just a school, everything in it. You're yeah, getting, getting everything. And we're going to teach the 1619 Project top to bottom, y'all. Critical race theory. <laughs> oh, my God. You yes! get potable water. And you yeah. get potable water. Right. And you get potable water. Uh, he's drunk. He's calling it potable. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Collaborate with Audible. Mm-hmm. But the, like, the other thing is, yeah, it's just I, I, w- I was talking to somebody over the weekend who's like, if you could meet anybody. Like face to face, who would you meet? They said they said some celebrity, and I said, "Bro, I want to meet. I want to. I want to be in Jeff Bezos's grill. Yeah, that's what I want. I want to look him. I want him to be like, oh God, this. You would probably ask him so many questions that sounded rhetorical that you would want answers to. Right. Yeah, and <laughs> I would, would also sound just, rhetorical. Yeah. Be like, no, I legitimately need to. I want to know this. What answer. are you? No, what are you going to do with all this money? For real, what are? What do you think is going to happen? Do you understand that people? completely dislike you because you're looked at this maniacal wealth holder who is just doing this for his own, you know, his own jollies and extracting all this wealth and hoarding it. Like, I feel like he's one of, there's a certain level of insulation. A lot of these people get that it completely collapses their ability to think critically and they're just stuck in. Yeah. 
accumulate, 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 build monuments to my space fantasies rather than I have the ability to actually do good mm-hmm. on Earth. Be- mm-hmm. Unfortunately, things set up where I was a guy who became a, f- I could siphon out all this money, but in the same way, why not give yeah. it right back? Why not Fame, do that? Why not yeah. create outcomes on Earth that are positive rather than, mm-hmm. well, what outcomes can I create to create more customers? Right. right. And... Yeah, it's the brain that, in the first place, having a brain that is capable of amassing that amount of wealth without, like, just breaking or, like, having you, like, have IBS, like, shit yourself to death or something like that is what makes that, like, if we could just have somebody with a normal, uh, like, functioning form of empathy that could hit that amount of money but i think that's like a contradiction of terms i just don't know exactly. like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. empathy yeah. if you're okay. a giver you would have never gotten to that level right. of accumulation yeah. right and then um, now you can look all your money is just uh it just reinforces the fact that you were right this whole time yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly right <laughs> all right let's talk about uh what hit at the box office this past weekend a quiet place two continues to do well but uh the conjuring uh, a new movie from the Conjuring universe. Uh, it was the number one movie at the box office. It made, I think, nineteen point five million, oh or no, twenty four million uh, over okay. the weekend, uh, which is very strong for a post pandemic uh, weekend, and especially for one that's a horror movie. And our writer uh, J M was pointing out that apart from Marvel, the Conjuring movies have been basically the most successful cinematic universe of recent years. They've made, I think, over a billion dollars. There's been three Annabelle films, The Nun, The Curse of La Lorna, or La Llorona, La Llorona, Llorona, uh, inspired by Mexican folklore. And so the very first, (laughs) the very first Conjuring movie is based on a haunted house that they blamed on one of the witches from the Salem Witch Trial. And these movies are based in a universe where that was not an act of mass hysteria, uh, mass hysteria and like fanatical mass murder. It was completely justified that we're we're always just beset on all sides by demons. And yeah, it's just shot through with conservative politics. And it follows this married couple who are like this good folksy Christian couple that goes from one place to the next, one haunting to the next, fighting fighting the devil. With the, when the first movie came out, Warner Brothers hired a company specifically to sell the film to Christian audiences. And uh, when The Curse of La Llorna, actually, uh, when it came out, it actually used Mexican healers for spiritual cleansings before screenings. What? Yeah. Yeah, like uh, well, literally pass. hard pass. Yeah. Wow. So wow. <laughs> it's it's trading on this thing like this is really high. And they keep, you know, every one of these is like based on the horrifying true events. Um, this new movie is based on what they're claiming is a true story about a dude who murdered his landlord after the landlord got drunk and threatened a nine-year-old girl. And his defense in court was that the devil made him do it the judge would not allow that was like no no the devil did not make you do it but in this they like take it very seriously and jam also pointed out that so they made their name on the amityville horror which if you're 
familiar with that story. Like the person who initially publicized that came out and was like, yeah, we did that as like a joke uh, and be, as like a money making. It was a real estate agent and a lawyer. And the real estate agent was like, how could we get people to actually buy this house? And he says that like they were three bottles of wine deep and came up with this idea and we then space. brought in <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> and brought in this uh, ghost hunting couple. Yeah. So the the movies kind of hinge on this wholesome Christian marriage. The dad actually began a relationship with a child, a uh, 15-year-old, when he was a school bus driver. She was taking his school bus to school. He was in his 30s. Uh, he started a relationship with her and moved her into their house where she lived for four decades. And the cops were tipped off and arrested the girl when she was a teenager. And that's so, the real life of this couple who are like the, the real demonologist couple. people yeah. or whatever. Gee, mm. But mm. America just desperately wants this shit to be true. Like, they, I mean, you just look at the satanic panic. Uh, oh, that, for like, sure. People are still in prison from that shit. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, that's what Capturing the Freedmen's was about. Like, there's mm-hmm. all yeah. all sorts of, like real accusations that are based on the idea that like towns are secretly run by these and now we have q you know and people who want to believe that like there are these satanic cabals that are secretly running everything behind the scenes i've seen in mainstream like kind of right wing but like still like on the front page of the drudge report which gets more traffic on the front page of the new york times by a lot a bunch of articles about how, like, there's been an uptick in exorcisms. That's, you know. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. This is my thing, guys. I've always mm-hmm. wondered this. What makes someone think that just because something's a demon, that it is the yang to Christianity's ying, right? <laughs> right. Like, why? Like, if, if even if there was a demon possessed, right, and you go in with a crucifix and y'all this Jesus stuff, what, like, what's... What's to say that demon just wouldn't be like, oh, what? Oh, yeah, no, I'm not part of the whole oh, yeah, Christian no. thing. Like, that doesn't... There are demons that that would, like, totally... Like, they, they fight with Jesus. They got a whole thing. But I'm my own... I'm, like, an independent. I don't... Yeah. Like, uh, crucifixes don't... It's like it's like you, you have to... And this is kind of what you're saying, Jack, about these beliefs and stuff. Like, the demon itself has to believe in the power of Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. Right. Like so so they have to be part of the like extended Christian universe in order to like have this apply at all. Like why is Christianity always the answer to something demonic or evil? Like what if it's just like Precisely. Oh, I'm not part of the Christian game. I'm a, I'm a I'm a Buddhist demon. So unless you roll in here with like Buddha, like nothing's really yeah, you know what I mean? Hanging out here. Which is that's why it's so like, powerful, right? Because it is an entertaining, scary story uh, with like fun special effects, even when it was like just being told to you over a campfire. Like it's like cool right. things happening that like you can imagine in your mind. And and it reinforces like a worldview that your entire society is based around. And so it's like, you know, that that's a just good the audacity that people. every demon yeah. is the yeah. inverse of <laughs> Judeo-Christian beliefs is, like, wild. Yeah. yeah, but that helps reinforce this idea, right? That it's like, man, this Christianity, is, it's so potent, you can fight fucking demons with this shit. Right. Like, but you did know you guys I mean? watch like, The Outsider last year on HBO? 
I did not watch that one. No. Oh, the uh, what's his face? Uh, Stephen King. Jason Bateman thing. Yes. Yeah. And so, it, in it, there is like a a monster, like a, almost like a demon, like a monster, and it never has anything to do. There's no Christian like forces right. at work element to it because it's like, well, no, this is a bad thing that lives in our world and does bad things. Well, to what people. does Jesus have to say about Noth- it? Right. And the thing, the thing is nothing. <laughs> no, nothing and I feel like all. I'm very inarticulate in what I'm trying to say. So I apologize if I keep sort of reiterating, but like, I, it just always befuddled me that I was just like, why would, how would you know that like Jesus dying ish 2000 years ago, like has anything to do with this demon here? Yeah. yeah. Could you punk a demonologist and like you to create, you're like, no, nah, watch. They're, they're, they're going to think it's a demon. But what <laughs> we're going to say is, oh, we're, we're atheist demons. We're, right. Yeah. We're exactly. non denominate. We're non demon right. right. denominational. How's your, how's your faith today, <laughs> Father? Because I have none. Right. Exactly. Like, the power of Christ. He's like, who's Christ? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> What do uh, we, we do? We got a rogue demon here. First of all, we've got to educate this demon on who Jesus Christ was and what Jesus Christ did for people, and then they'll be afraid of it. Right, right. I'm here to fuck up this craft store. And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. That, nothing else. Uh, huh. Which is why, like, Ghostbusters was great because they were like, no, we, there's no holy water. We just got to contain them in this cool little yeah. box we slide across the floor. Exactly. Like, that's it. Proton packs, man. That's, that's it, how you baby. Get, that's how you rid yourself of the Scolari brothers. Right. Don't cross <laughs> your streams. Don't bring God into it. Right. Daniel, it's been such a pleasure having you as always, man. Where can <sighs> people uh, find you and follow you? Oh, first of all, I just love getting to hang with you guys again. Yeah, it's so oh, fun. Likewise, man. At Daniel Van Kirk on all social media, danielvankirk.com. And as I said earlier, this Wednesday, June 9th, 4 p.m. LA time, 6 p.m. Rochelle, Illinois time, I will be announcing my dates and the tour on Tuesday. I'll be dropping a really cool video that looks back at the last tour that I got to do. So I'm having some fun trying to build up to it. I can't wait. August 11th, Chicago, Illinois. And I will announce here that it ends November 20th in Rochelle, Illinois. But wow. for everything in between, uh, go to DanielVanKirk.com or follow me at DanielVanKirk on social media. That sounds amazing, man. Uh, is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes. It's a TikTok. It looks like it's a wedding. And it's a group of Irishmen. And someone has decided to give a speech. And it just made me laugh. Oh, it, starts out, it says there was a bar and then it says a mile long. Pints. They didn't serve pints. Only buckets. Yeah. <laughs> there was only one barman. Oh. Fuck. For every man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hey. She was wearing glasses. Oh. And not this. Hey. Oh, it was full of hookers. Yeah. Yeah. The cost of fiber. Oh. I had a tenner. Yeah. 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 It wasn't right. Oh. I had no leaves. Oh. Yeah. I smoked them all. Yeah. Yeah. That's the end. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it's just the That's construct. <laughs> yeah. Say something negative, everybody bemoans it, and then you say something positive, and everybody cheers. For all I know, that guy made that up on the spot. For all I know, he learned that from his uncle, who learned it from his uncle, who learned right. it from his uncle, who learned it from his uncle. Right. But it it uh it had a lot of things I think I've missed in the past year of like <laughs> drinking with friends, standing in a circle of a big group, cheering together, yelling at smiling faces. Uh, yeah. All the jokes <laughs> that like all the women were like, oh god, they're at it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the I should also say full disclosure, uh, if there's anything in there lost in translation that is offensive that I did not understand, please forgive me preemptively because I just loved the vibe. I was just more going for the ahs and the yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Miles, where can people find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying? Twitter, Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also check out 420 Day Fiance over at twitch.tv slash 420 Day Fiance, uh, Tuesdays and Fridays. A tweet I like real simple from Jaquise Neal at Jaquise Neal. Just tweet it. Listen to me, y'all. The only thing you need in mac and cheese is macaroni and cheese, period. Mm. And it's simple. And I know there, you know, some people like to put a little bread crust topping, oh, maybe man. some shallots or things nope. like that. Hot I think dogs. of bread, uh, hot dogs. Dude, I'll go hot dogs in my craft. Wow. Growing up, you had to get that protein in in there. And we weren't fancy people. I mean, every once in a while, you might have to throw in some chicken breast. You got to plus up some craft every once in a while. Every once in a while. But yeah, I think when you see so many people, like when you look at all these bizarro recipes, I get it. Sometimes just just remember to make it, for it to really just be mac and cheese, you just need the mac. It's like when you go to a restaurant and they're like, uh, like uh, grilled cheese. And it's got oh, tomato and huh? onions what? and tuna. And you're like, this is not a grilled cheese. You've this made a like, melt. Yeah. Right. Right, right, right. All right. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Uh, tweet I enjoyed from Lane Moore tweeted, once I stop people pleasing, it's over for you bitches, if that's okay with you. No worries if not. <laughs> That's fair. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song should they go check out today? So we're going to go out on another, again, I like to, I've been starting my weeks with a little uh, dirty art club, again, off this album, Gardens. This there's another track because it's like the it's like a soothing form of just sample based beats that I love. It can take you anywhere. If you have like a very visual imagination, like I'm sure you, you'll begin envisioning all kinds of wonderful things when you listen to this track. This one is called Night Swim by Dirty Art Club. So check that out and, uh, you know, enjoy these summer nights. If you can have a night swim safely, you know, why don't you go do that? All right. We suggest you go check that out. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we will talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.